Come on, somebody. That's my Jesus. That's the Jesus we serve today. Well, we're going to dismiss our children to be able to go and be ministered to. So stretch your hands towards them as they go. Be released with Pastor Zeddy and Heather. Go forth. <laughs> Come on, stretch your hands towards them. Father, fill them with your holy presence this morning. Fill them with the reality of Jesus today. Lord, let it become real. Let it become a fresh insight into their hearts. Let them receive wisdom. Let them receive power and strength and love and character being formed within their hearts today, God, that will lead them into a place of victory in life. God, not just today, but every day. Lord, let them be catalysts in their own home, in their own community, in their neighborhoods, God, that they would be filled with boldness and power from on high today. God, we thank you for your truth. Let it set them free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time, I just want to welcome you into the house of the Lord. Today, we are talking about Jesus. <laughs> that video that you just saw, that is it. That's why we're here. As we were preparing for this, uh, this special day, you know, as we often do, because around the world, this is one of the greatest days, the greatest days. There's just, you can celebrate resurrection every day of your life, but there's something about this day, something about this day that causes our hearts to come alive, that makes us beat with a little bit of a different pace or something a little bit different about our step. And when we come into the house of God, there's an expectation. There's a oneness of focus and a oneness of mind reflecting upon his sacrifice upon the cross and the fact that, yes, he died, but he rose again. And he is risen. He is risen indeed. So as we were preparing, you know, we thought about all the cute different things that we could come up with as far as a, a title or a theme for this weekend. And it kept getting boiled down to one thing. We didn't want to add anything else to it. And our theme this week is Jesus. Just Jesus. If you get anything out of leaving this place this morning, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. He's all that you will ever need. If you want to know the Father, go to Jesus. If you want to know what he's like, you want to know who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit comes to bring him to you. It's all about Jesus, the Son, the Lamb of God today. And so he's the one that we are focusing upon this morning. Would you pray with me one more time as we get into the word of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. King Jesus. King Jesus. It's okay if you want to even just raise your hands right now in this moment. This holy week, this passion week, Lord, as many of us have reflected upon the bloodshed of our Savior, the one who took our place, who died in our place, God, for us, instead of us. Jesus, we glorify you and we magnify you in this house because yes, even as we've sung about it this morning, you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. Jesus, I thank you that we don't just simply get excited today, but Lord, that Holy Spirit, you would do your work in this house. We welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit, to make yourself manifest in a fresh and powerful way, to bring transformation to our hearts and our lives, that chains would fall from our arms and shackles would fall from our feet, that our minds would be cleansed, Lord, that our hearts would be made pure, white as snow, by the power of your blood, the redeeming nature of your resurrection that sets us on a complete and new path. Holy Spirit, anoint your word today.
that you would set us apart and set us completely free. Lord, remove religious idolatry and religious thinking and all kinds of different ideas and constructs that we have, God. Crumble us before your presence, almighty God, that we could see you exalted. King Jesus, if you be lifted up, you said, if you, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so we see you as the one who was lifted up for our sins, the one who was forsaken, but the one who gave us his love. Jesus, redeem us afresh. Let us remember and let us walk out of here never the same. Take over my words today. Take over my words today. God, change us all. Change us all, every part of us, and receive all the glory for it. If you're in agreement with that, that King Jesus is worthy of all glory, of all honor and praise, shout a hearty amen in this house. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. You know, I was sharing with some, uh, some folks earlier this week. I know in my own flesh, you know, you have these weekends and it can, it can be a challenge in your own mind because, yeah, this is one of the most exciting weekends ever. But how can you exemplify Jesus? How can you present Jesus? You can't do it in one, one moment sitting together. So don't expect that you're going to get everything today, but expect that you're getting a deposit this morning. Hallelujah to the Passover lamb. He is risen. And those that have been in different faiths would say he is risen indeed. Jesus, just Jesus, just Jesus, power in that name. There's sometimes when I come to the Lord and pray and that's all that I can say. I can just only say his name, but really that's all I need to say. When I mention the name Jesus, he knows exactly what I need before I ask. When I mention the name Jesus, he knows what my fears are, what my cares and anxieties are. He knows exactly what's going on in my family. He's no, he knows what's going on in my finances. He knows what's going on in my heart, and my mind. He knows what's going on in the world around me. He understands it all. And you just say the name Jesus. There's no other God on earth. There's no other God either before or since or ever will be that was one like Jesus. Jesus is the only one who was a God who came in the earth to, in the flesh to die for his creation. Every other God wants something from them and wants something from us. But only Jesus came to give everything to us. Yeah, he wants, he wants our hearts. Yeah, he does want some things from us as well. But ultimately, he exemplified everything. He paid for it all. He gave it all. Just Jesus. He's the reason we celebrate today. The reason why we've come. The reason we're living. The reason that we can truly live. Like I mentioned earlier, even as we were worshiping, you know, there's many things I've gotten excited about in my life before, but there is nothing like Jesus. I hope you don't get tired of hearing his name this morning. But I know that at the name of Jesus, demons shudder. I know that at the name of Jesus, sickness and disease has no place. Everything that causes dis-ease in your body today, at the name of Jesus, the power is broken over your life. That every infirmity, every sickness, every illness, whether mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, it is broken at the name of Jesus. 
Paul came to the place where he recognized that I can't bring this message with a craftiness of words or a way of intelligence of speech. At the end of the day, it's just Jesus, Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I want to preach. Not because he's still on the cross, but because of the power of what he did on the cross. The power of that sacrifice. This past week, as many of us have reflected upon the tremendous love story, this passion of the Christ, his sacrifice, his redeeming purchase of us by his own blood, his wild display of both love and power, because he's not dead, he is alive. His beautiful character revealed throughout the process. We can't be helped but be overwhelmed by this man, this man called Jesus, this king, this God. This person, Jesus. God's greatest gift to us is his amazing love. Over the past several weeks, we've talked about many different aspects of love. But can I tell you, Jesus is love. God is love. He is manifest, the manifestation of love. If you want to know how to love, look at Jesus. If you want to know what love feels like, look to Jesus. Ask him to let you experience the touch of his love, the embrace of his love. You want, to see, you want to see love? See Jesus. If you haven't seen the love of Jesus, ask for it afresh this morning because maybe our view of Jesus is tainted. Maybe we think of a Jesus that is somebody that ascribes to our will and our passions and our desires, but that's not the case, friends. He's someone who comes in as king and conqueror over all. That includes us, whether we give our lives to him or not. He's still king and conqueror over all. But his amazing love, God's only begotten son, Jesus, God in Christ, became one of us, a true representative of both God and man, the divine Christ, fully God and fully man that makes all this possible. This is one of my favorite hymns. How many, how many of you love uh, re reciting some hymns that may, perhaps you've gone over in the years past? Charles Wesley, one of the greatest writers of hymns, wrote over 6,000 hymns. Can you imagine? 6,000 hymns, but when you have an encounter with Jesus, it's not really hard to reconcile. It's not, not hard to think that if you live for a long period of time, you're going to be able to come up with a song that's in your heart. And one of, one of the most popular hymns uh, that has been sung around the world over and still sung to this day is, And Can It Be? And Can It Be? I want to read the words to you this morning, written by Charles Wesley in 1738. It says, and can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who him to death pursued. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Again, he refrains, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? Tis mystery all. The immortal dies. Who can explore his strange design? In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all. Let earth adore. Let angel minds inquire no more. He left his father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace. Emptied himself of all but love. Love completely there. He emptied himself of everything but love was still on display and bled for Adam's helpless race. 
That's us, friends. Tis mercy all, immense and free. For, oh my God, it found out me. How many of you are glad that the grace of God has found you today? It has found me. It has found us. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Jesus comes on the scene, and he opens up that dungeon for us. He comes in the darkest of night, and he brings forth the glorious light of his presence, the heat of his gaze that allows his love to break off the shackles of our lives. All the things that keep us bound, all the things that we like even to hold on to, but give us no sense of purpose or meaning. He sets us free. The final verse, no condemnation now, I dread. Hallelujah. Those who are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are no longer condemned. Why? Because he took it all. Jesus in my place. Jesus and all in, his, all in him is mine. Alive in him, my living head, and clothed in righteousness divine. Bold I approach the eternal throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. Amazing love, how can it be? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, should die for me? We can sing that quickly and, and get excited about it, but the weight of that... The weight of that so many years as a Christian, growing up in a Christian household, singing these songs, still, I'm telling you as a pastor, friends, I still don't, still don't understand the full weight of it all. There's so much of thinking that my God died for me. My God took my place. Sometimes we get to the place where we think we actually deserved it. The audacity of us to think now that I've started to live for him and point others towards him, that perhaps now maybe I, I, it's okay. You know, I really did deserve him to, to die on the cross in my place, to take that beating, to take that whipping, to take the most criminal of deaths. Man, my oh my. Jesus, just Jesus. The mission of Jesus was to do the will of his father, to destroy the works of the devil and to seek and save that which was lost. Can I tell you, we are the ones that were lost and without him, we are still lost. But he seeks and saves those who he desires to come into deep fellowship with him, the gardener of our hearts, the gardener of our souls, the lover of our souls. He comes to redeem us to seek us out and to set us free. Again, I'm telling you, you can't leave this place the same today. You can't leave this place just thinking, hey, I checked off a box and I came to church. I did my religious duty. No, this is about Jesus. This is about eternity. This is about the God who gave us literally everything. His mission, he accomplished it. He did the will of the Father. And praise God, through the resurrection, we see it's true. He destroyed the works of the devil. When the devil tries to tempt you, when he tries to convince you this morning that you're not enough, that you're never going to make it, that you're never going to do exactly what he's even called you to do, can I tell you, 2,000 years ago, friends, your life was purchased 
through the blood of a pure and spotless lamb. 2,000 years ago, Jesus took back the keys to your heart and to your life. He purchased your salvation and in victorious fashion, he liberated us so that we can operate in the same power that caused him to raise up from the dead. That's worthy of a shout this morning, that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and able to live in and through us this morning. Not power that we have through mankind's wisdom and being able to, to, to manipulate folks into a way of thought pattern or rational thinking. We think we're something when we are nothing today, friends. I don't care what institute you're from. I don't care what sheepskin you have on your wall. I don't care what podcast you listen to to try to vicariously listen to a different ulterior thought or new thinking, new line of thinking. Jesus is power. Jesus is everything. Nothing compares to him. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is Resurrection Sunday, isn't it? Well, why is the resurrection important? We'll talk about that just for a moment. But again, this is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. In his resurrection, we celebrate. Listen to the words of Paul in verse one. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in which you stand, by which you also are saved. This gospel message, this beautiful love story by which you were also saved. If, I, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, unless you just simply took it at face value and walked away from it, if you took it and believed, Verse three, for I deliver to you first of all that, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, hallelujah, according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. In other words, just like he said, just like it was prophesied, just like it was promised, he made good on his promise according to the scriptures. And then and that he was seen by Cephas, and or, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James and by all the apostles. Then the last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. Why do I read over that? To remind you this morning that regardless of what society or what type of the false theologian or false uh, uh, you know, educated person tries to convince you that the resurrection did not happen. The first accounts talking about 500, 12, one here, one there. The testimony is true, friends. The testimony is true. You want to dig deeper? You'll find even more evidence. We won't go into it today, but can I tell you, he did what he said he did. He was not faked. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a falsified thing. It was a miracle of God, sign and a wonder unto us. Verse nine, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle oh, because I persecuted the church of God. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, hallelujah. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I put myself in that today. By the grace of God, I am what I am today. 
and that his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Hallelujah, verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you, some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up. In fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. A beautiful poetic way of saying that if he didn't do what he said he did, this is all for nothing, friends. If he didn't raise from the dead, then we're just here for foolishness this morning. We're, we're better off going to the beach this morning. We're better off going camping or fishing. We're better off just spending our time until we breathe our last because there's nothing after the time we die. But if Jesus rose from the dead, which he did, because Jesus rose from the dead, friends, we have a new story. Verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Skip down to verse 27. For he has put all things under his feet, but he says all things are put under him. It is evident that he who puts all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Hallelujah, this victory, this victorious message. Skip down several verses later. Hallelujah, one of my favorite parts of this chapter. Verse 54, verse 54. So when this corruptible, this corruptible body, this corruptible flesh, our lives come to an end, has, has, put, on in, has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality. Jesus came in the flesh and put on the corruption that comes with it, but was immortal himself comes on the scene, then we shall be brought to pass. The, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah, oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore to my saints who I'm looking at today, this morning, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, who swallowed up death, who through his death put to death the very force of sin. He canceled death. There's no, there's no nothing that can keep us from him now. Do you understand the weight of that? That even the worst thing that can happen to you in this lifetime is what? That you die. And perhaps at a very violent way or something like that. You know, the, you could think of many different ways to die, but even the harshest ways to die, it's still 
does not affect those that have life in him because we know that we live eternal. He is one that has conquered death. And not only death, but what is death? Death is the consequences of sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have eternal life available to us this morning. Some of us have taken pleasure in receiving that, but others leave it out not accepted. Not accepted. Jesus died for us all, whether we accept it or not. He offers to, it to us freely. Oh, this Jesus. These Jesus, what a power of display. And a display of strength, wisdom, and divine love upon the cross. What redeeming love on Calvary. I have yet to be able to make a trip to Israel, but I'm telling you, if the Lord allows me to get the desires of my heart, I will see it before he returns. I want to walk the streets that he walked, the Via Della Rosa, and see where he took upon him the, 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 the rejection, and he took upon him all the things that you read throughout the gospel story. I want to, want to see what it was like for him to cry out in a garden where there's still, still olive trees with much, and more, much more in diameter than when he was there, but still nonetheless, when he sweat those tears of blood, when he was forsaken on that cross, and he cried out in love, in love, to all around, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He cries out to the one who, who cries out if there would be a place for him, if there could be forgiveness for him, a thief on the cross. And Jesus says, yes, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus, the one of divine love. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation because this is the Passion Week after all. Maybe you like this translation, maybe you don't, but I'm telling you there's something about my heart that gets, gets burning. You know, when Jesus raised from, was raised from the dead, he began to walk on Emmaus Road and he was talking with, with some folks and all of a sudden he began to say some things. And what does the scripture say? That in their hearts, they're burned within, their hearts burned within them. That's the Jesus that I serve, the Jesus that is alive, that when he speaks, even today, the Holy Spirit comes and he illuminates something. He burns something in our hearts and it begins, we begin to burn. We begin to have passion inside of us. There's nothing like serving Jesus, friends. There's nothing like having a relationship with a God who cares, a God who hears, a God who comes in and meets us exactly where we're at, who will come in with a soft whisper when we need it, who will come in with a wind that allows us to stand up when we feel like we can't get up, who will hold our hand and allow us to walk through fire and valleys, who will rejoice with us when we're on the mountaintops. There is a Jesus that I'm talking about that loves us extravagantly. This Jesus that I'm talking about, Ephesians 3, verse 14. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Verse 17. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. 
Then you'll be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and how inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. What a measure of love. Verse 20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that you will be will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Amen. This is the Jesus that we serve. Oh, to know the height and the width and the, the length and the, the breadth of his love this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask even in this moment that you would show us a deeper revelation of that love. Oh God, when we feel like we cannot feel anymore because our hearts are so, so, so hardened towards life, because of the, the rejection we've experienced, the betrayal we felt by loved ones. Jesus, you yourself were betrayed by those that were supposed to love you most, those that you poured into most. You continue to be betrayed by us. This Jesus that still carries the scars from the cross, who if he showed himself to you this morning, if he walked in, in the flesh, in that place, in his glorified state, he would still have those scars on his hands and his feet and on his side. Why? Because they tell a story that his scars are there instead of you. He took those wounds that you have, and he said, all those wounds that you have, I swallow them up in mine. I swallow them up in mine. I take all your pain. I take all your rejection. I take all your failures. I take it all upon myself because I know that because of the curse, you have been fallen and you have fallen into a place of experiencing all these things. But can I tell you something? My love for you, my love for you is what causes it all to be washed away. He says that I wipe away every tear. He causes us to live with eternal life. Can I tell you, eternal life isn't after we die one day. Eternal life is now. Now and then. Now and forever. But he causes us to come into a life of eternal life right now. That you and I have the ability to experience this love that we're talking about right now. When you're alone, when you're around others. Doesn't matter where you are on the earth, you can experience the weight and depth of his love. You can experience the glorious riches of his power. You can experience the, the almighty God living inside of you because that's what he desired to do. How more, what could be more personal than that? A God that would say that I wanna live literally inside of you and operate through you. I don't want to just be one that's worshipped. I don't just want to receive your alms. I don't want to just receive your offerings. I don't just want to receive your sacrifices. I want to dwell within you. I want to make you as my own temple. I want to make you as a place where my presence and my glory dwells. What God is this? What measure of love is this? 
First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ suffered once for sins, the, for the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He took it for us in our place. I know many of you have this as your, your favorite verse, Galatians 2.20. Maybe it's a mission statement for your life. I'm going to read this again in two versions, one in the New King James and one in the Passion. Listen to this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In the Passion Translation, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and now no longer lives. My old identity is gone, friends. My old life has been put to death. Can I encourage you, allow your life to be put to death so that Christ can live through you, that Christ can live in us and through us. My God, that we would no longer live. And now that the essence of this new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me, we live in union as one. We live in union together, one fellowship, one bride, as the two become one, just as in marriage. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Again, recognizing Jesus, our Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. I look around and I, I think of the demons and I think of the, the principalities that would love to get their hands and their grip on all of you. I can see the torment that many of you deal with as you go down to rest your head at night and, and some of the things you even dealt with this morning. Can I tell you Resurrection Sunday is a day that Satan hates? Can I tell you the Passover week is a, day, is a week that, that, that Satan hates? He wants to turn every distraction. He will cause everything to keep your eyes from being fixed on what caused him to be placed underneath the feet of Jesus that caused that serpent to be placed under the heel of the one, the seed, the seed of Adam, to where the curse was broken and he was rendered powerless. He wants to come at us with arms flaring, with voice coming out with, with all kinds of profanity and all kinds of profane things that cause us to think that he is something when he is not. Death is defeated. Hell is defeated. Satan is defeated. He is under his feet. And because of that, if he is in union, Jesus is in union with you, guess who is under your feet this morning? Come on, somebody. When I jump up and down, it's not just because I'm getting excited about the beat of a song. It's because I know in representation, I'm jumping on the head of the devil. I'm, I'm jumping on the head of the one who wants to conquer me and my flesh. But this morning, I tell you, the resurrection life and the resurrection power of Jesus is alive in me. And it's alive for you. It's alive for all of us today to overcome every single thing, every single thing in this life. My God, my God, Jesus in my place. Hallelujah. Can you handle a little bit more this morning? We're almost done. 
Almost done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus not only died for us, but was resurrected for us, now offers to live in us, through us, and lead us into a life of victory, purpose, and his strength. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says, In this the love of God was manifest, manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, not that we did anything in our own strength, in our flesh, in our measly attempts to ascribe to a life even of holiness or trying to fulfill the law. We fall short every single time. Every single time. But that he loved us, he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 17 says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. That's how we're able to experience this love, this love. A couple more verses out of Romans, verse, chapter 5. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip straight to the Passion Translation. I was going to do both. But for the sake of time this morning, Romans 5, verse 5, in the Passion Translation says this, And this hope that we now experience is not a disappointing fantasy. This is not a falsity. This is not a false claim. We're not those that have smoked a pipe and now have a pipe dream this morning. This is the reality. This isn't fantasy. Fantasy is everything else. Fantasy is thinking that you can ascribe to life in your own way, in your own ability, ascribing to a job that can give you more money to get more things and more, more position or more popularity, ascribing to life that has everything apart from Christ that is no life at all. That is a fantasy. The fantasy is that you can gain something in your own strength. The reality is when I no longer live and Christ lives in me, I inherit all things. I am a son of the most high God. I am, I am an inheritance of him and to him. I am his inheritance. Hallelujah. I'm seated with him in heavenly places as he continues to make intercession for us so that we can see his glory and his kingdom established in the earth. Can I tell you, it's not about what administration is in office. It's not what, what's going on in the world today. The kingdom kingdom of God will advance and it will advance with power and with glory in the days ahead. I'm telling you, there's an awakening coming to the church because people are going to get a reality of this love of this man called Jesus and be able to express his kingdom to those that are around us. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Some people are going to get a hold of the love of God even this morning. You're going to be set on fire and people are going to watch you burn. You're going to read this word of God and you're going to believe it. And all of a sudden you're going to prophesy to those around you. And you're going to see signs and wonders. Not because of who you are, but because of the Christ who is living inside of you. Hallelujah. Mike, come on up to the piano. Hallelujah. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts. What a beautiful picture. His love is like a waterfall pouring out into us this morning. You know what we deserve this morning? We deserve a tsunami of wrath coming at us. 
We deserve, we deserve death on the cross. We deserve to be put to death because of all the foolishness that we continue to deal with. But Jesus took all of that, stepped in the way. I think about a father, I think about myself. I've even done this before. I was never hit by a car, but I've definitely saved my children from being hit by a car before. How many of you parents have ever had your kids playing in the street and you had somebody that was distracted driving down that street? You knew your kid didn't see what was coming, but you could see what was coming. The father sent his son so that he could go in our place this morning. He could go in our place this morning. He jumped in front of the bus. He jumped in front of the, front of the death that we deserved. Not just the innocent life. It's probably poor imagery this morning. Yeah, that child was innocent, not, just not understanding what was going on. To some degree, we find ourselves in that same way. But Jesus took what we deserved. He put a stop to it. He put an end to it. And then not only that, just as the Israelites crossing the, crossing the sea, those that try to come back after you, after you receive of the promise and you are set free, he causes those things to be wiped and obliterated, wiped away so that they cannot hound you anymore. The endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. For when the time was right, the anointed one came and died to demonstrate his love for sinners who were entirely helpless, weak, and powerless to save themselves. Now would anyone dare to die for the sake of a wicked person? We can all understand that someone was willing to die for a truly noble person. But Christ proved God's passionate love for us by dying in our place while we were still lost and ungodly while we were yet sinners. And there is still much more to say of this unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are now righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. You will never taste it. You'll never experience an ounce of it. He took the full cup of God's wrath. So if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. This is greater than just a friendship with God this morning. Now that we are at peace with God and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Hallelujah. Oh, I don't think you really caught that last little bit. Sin has no longer any place, any dominion over your life. He has given you the power to walk completely free, completely free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. So much more. I want you to stand with me to your feet. Just look up Jesus. Just look up Jesus. Do a Google search. You'll even be encouraged by that. I promise you. I promise you. Even the worldliest wisdom, that the way, the way they see Jesus, you'll still be encouraged. You'll still be encouraged. I want to close with shouting out 50 names of Jesus. 50 names of Jesus. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's going to go super quick. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. You're going to get excited. We'll go in alphabetical order. You ready? I said, are you ready? Jesus, the Almighty One, the Alpha and Omega. 
He's our advocate. He's our author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is authority. He is the bread of life. He is the beloved son of God. Jesus is the bridegroom. He is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is my deliverer. He is faithful and true. Jesus is our good shepherd. He is the great high priest. Jesus is the head of the church, the holy servant. He is the great I am. He is Emmanuel. He is the indescribable gift. Jesus is the judge, the king of kings, and the lamb of God. He's the light of the world, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the Lord of all. He is the mediator, the Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets free. He is our hope. Jesus is our peace. He is the prophet, redeemer, risen Lord. He is the rock, the sacrifice for our sins. Jesus is my savior. He is the son of man, the son of the most high, the supreme creator over all. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the door. He is the way. He is the word. He is the true vine. He is the truth. He is the victorious one. And he is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace and many, many, many more. He is Jesus. He is Jesus. It's about Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God who alone is worthy of the reward of his suffering. Hallelujah. With eyes closed and hands outstretched towards heaven. Been a sign of ador adoration and even surrender this morning. Jesus. King Jesus, we exalt you. Jesus, to follow you. We invite you in greater measure today. We say we surrender. We wave our white flag in this house today. Saying to the one who is the resurrection and the life. Lord, we bow before you in our hearts. And we say, Jesus, let us know your love. Let us know the height of you, the weight of you, the breadth of you. All of you. Holy Spirit, come alive in us. But during this moment, I want to give an invitation for someone who is in this room that perhaps you've never had a relationship with this Jesus that we've been talking about. This is just scratching the surface, friend. I want to invite you into a relationship of the one who bled and died for you, who took every single thing, who took the curse upon himself, the curse that all of us have, whether you believe it or not this morning. All of us are appointed to die. All of us are appointed to, uh, to, to condemnation, but through Christ, his blood, he comes to set us free. And more than anything, he comes to have relationship restored with us as humanity. His whole love story, his whole story from beginning to end, Genesis to Revelation, is love. I want to invite you to be able to begin a relationship with the Lord. I'm not going to have you just simply repeat a prayer after me this morning, but I'm going to call our altar workers, our prayer team to come right now. Be quick. Be quick about it. If you're on a prayer team, come up. Well, elders, if you need to fill this space, come on up. I invite you to come as we sing here in a moment, giving glory unto Jesus because he alone is worthy. I invite you to come to ask one of these prayer counselors to begin to pray with you, to figure out what it's like to start a relationship, a journey of love, a journey of love. Others of you in this place, maybe your heart has grown cold and you begin to be pricked this morning. Conviction has hit your heart because you recognize that your life has not been crucified. In fact, you've enthroned yourself. You've enthroned yourself. 
this morning I open up this altar to you to say one more time before the Lord our maker, before Jesus Christ, to say, Lord, I'm renewing my love with you. I'm renewing this relationship with you. The last thing I want to invite though is to just simply want a fresh touch of the glorious power of God. You need a touch in your body. You need a touch in your heart. You need a refreshing in your soul. The Holy Spirit is here to set free, to redeem us, to set us free from everything this world has to offer. If you have a physical need in your body, you need healing. I want you to come. If you just want a touch of the Holy Ghost to experience the resurrection power, the glory of Jesus, I invite you to come. We open up these altars right now, but I'm going to release it up onto this, this worship team that's going to glorify Jesus. I want us to go out with a shout, a shout, giving, giving Jesus the best that we have. Can we do that? Can we do that today to give Jesus our best?